Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah is brought to you by Holiday CBD Dummies. There's no need for a special occasion. With Holiday's delicious premium hemp CBD dummies, you can take the vacation any day. Go to HolidayCBD.com and use the offer code OYEAH10 for $10 off your first order. Yo, James Cameron, baby. This could be the worst piece of shit movie ever and still make a billion dollars. I'll give my left arm to do a Cameron movie. How about your left calf? Hello, and welcome back to Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah, the Game of Thrones podcast. Just kidding. I am your host, J.R. Hickey. Coming to you from San Francisco, California. Great episode this week with Anthony, aka Entourage Quotes, on Instagram. If you're not following his account, follow it now. He is the preeminent Entourage content creator on the internet. We broke down an offer refused, episode four of season two of Entourage. An offer refused is one of those under the radar episodes where a whole hell of a lot happens, and there are two classic Ari Gold rants slash scenes, but it's not one of those episodes that you think of when you think of, like, top Entourage episodes. So super excited to get into that. I'll save you all of the housekeeping stuff. You know the social handles, oh yeah pod on Instagram and Twitter. Guys, five-star reviews, super important. I know how many people are listening, and I know how many five-star reviews we have, and it is a very disparate number, so... If you have a second, please go into your podcast app and just tap that five star. Really helps us gain visibility on the charts and helps us bring some bitter guests in. Apologies about the shitty audio quality this week. That new software that I used last week with Justine Harrison uh, went really well with my uh, recording with her, but this week it just completely crapped out on us, so we had to go super old school and. I don't, it's not even worth explaining to you, but uh, his audio quality is poorer than I'd like it to be. There's some weird clicking noises that are happening. I did my best to take them out. I'm a stickler for this stuff, so I promise it won't continue. Thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing. Reach out if you have any comments, questions, concerns. At JR will do it on Instagram and Twitter. And enjoy an offer refused. <laughs> Last season for the season one finale in New York, I had the very talented, very funny Anthony on to discuss the episode he runs the very popular more like insanely popular entourage quotes instagram account so he is back he is dialing in all the way from sunny san diego anthony how you doing today hey how you doing doing great uh thanks for having me back here definitely a sunny day for sure looking outside feeling a little jealous you just got done surfing didn't you yeah yeah it was just out there it was uh, super fun and it's definitely summer's ramping up here for sure since we've talked, it's been probably, it's been about four months since we've talked, but it's only been a few episodes uh, in the uh, Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah catalog, but the account has grown even bigger. I think you've added, <laughs> I think you've crossed the 100,000 followers uh, mark. How's it been? I mean, have you had any funny interactions with the cast? Anyone that, any good stories to share? Um, you know, around the, around the 100,000 mark, nothing substantial has happened other than maybe me just taking a little break. <laughs> uh, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I've had, I've had interactions with some of the cast members and, and it, they've always been super rad. Yeah. It's, it's been a, it's been a, uh, it's been a fun ride. And, and, and I think I might've mentioned it last time, but I mean, to this day, I think I just screenshotted something and sent it to my buddy. It was just, you know, just 
banter in the comment section is what just kills me every time. It's so funny. Um, everything from, you know, like who's feeling like they're, you know, their spirit animal or whatever is in the show. And then, um, my friends will leave comments and I'll haggle them and people will like immediately jump on my side and, you know, help me haggle them. So it's, uh, it's pretty funny, but, um, yeah, it's been fun, man. Um, I'll be posting more soon. It was just, uh, you know, just needed a little breather. People don't realize it, but social media is a lot of work, <laughs> especially with oh, video yeah. clips. Oh, yeah, it takes up a lot of your, like, brain space and capacity. Yeah, and people know at work when I'm when I'm posting because I'm usually doing it in the bathroom or or uh, <laughs> taking a walk around the building. So it's pretty funny to see that sort of acknowledgement at work as well. Well, and this is hopefully further acknowledgement because we love having you on, and I want to continue having you on um, – season by season because you are an entourage expert and you are one of the prevailing content masters when it comes to the world of entourage so thanks again for joining us i appreciate that yep thanks for having me so we are talking about episode four of season two an offer refused this episode aired on sunday june 26th 2005 unlike last week when i had some cool fun tech news to share um this week in June, the second major U.S. Uh, account of mad cow disease broke out <laughs> in Texas. <laughs> nice. But do you remember this? Do you remember this happening? Like, mad cow disease was bad. Uh, yeah, yeah, totally. This was a year before I graduated high school. This was, you know, two days after my birthday. Uh, I remember the mad cow craze for sure. I did a little bit more research because I really don't remember what mad cow disease was or what. So... <laughs> Mad cow disease is bovine spongiform encephalopathy. It's a chronic degenerative disorder that affects the central nervous system of cattle, and eating meat from the cows that are infected with this protein have been linked to fatal brain disorders in human beings. So, no joke. Sounds like a rough night out as well. <laughs> I was reading Go it out too, for a burger oh, with wow. your buddies. Yeah. <laughs> it's been really interesting doing this research week over week as to what happened you know, 14, 15 years ago, because I'm always trying to find good news. But a lot of times, nothing good happened that week. A lot of times, a war broke out, someone was assassinated, there was a new disease, there was a new national tragedy. So I'm always trying to to have fun with these, but there's not a lot of fun you can have with mad cow disease. People don't record the good stuff, I think, right? I mean, I think they're just focusing exactly. on, the, on, on the negative stuff. So it's interesting to do that. Yeah, like, what's like this day in history? So in this episode... As Vince and Turtle break out the credit cards to decorate the new mansion, Eric worries that the Aquaman deal isn't in writing yet. Ari does all that he can do to close for his client, but he just can't seal the deal. The only person in the house unconcerned about the state of financial flux is Drama, who is preoccupied with his tabs and is considering augmentation, regardless of the $10,000 price tag. So working the phones frantically, Ari and Eric believe they have finally gotten Vince his popcorn movie. But their glee is short-lived when they find out that it's still not official and that Leonardo DiCaprio is the new frontrunner for the part. What was your favorite moment from this episode, Anthony? I watched it like three times in the past 24 hours and I was just thinking, <laughs> there's so many good parts. But I, but you know what? It, as overrated as it is, I, I just I just love when, when Ari gets the call from Eric in the middle uh, you know, of, his, of his rant uh, <laughs> in therapy session. Um, that, that conversation between him and Eric and tells him to get his hand off his dick and he, you know, the whole thing with the scud missiles and then there better be a scud missile heading towards Beverly Hills, Eric. No, there's a fucking iceberg, Ari. What? James Cameron's directing Aquaman. 
fuck you. Where'd you hear that, friendster? No, I heard it from Josh Weinstein, you jerk off. Now get your hand off your dick and go call somebody. Him kind of frantically running to the office, getting Lloyd on the phone, and um, and that whole dialogue that happens, and then just the the running around in dress shoes around <laughs> the agency thing. It just gets me every time because anyone who you know works has to wear dress shoes knows that when you start running it on you know somewhat slick floor it's kind of sketchy so watching yeah. him kind of handle that and make all these corners is, and then finally getting into uh peter cole's office where his assistant's <gasps> at and then that obviously <laughs> that whole scene is just wild um it's just classic uh so yeah i just that's it's just always you know brings a big smile to my face to see that scene there should be a compilation much as you see on youtube like a tom cruise running compilation as tom cruise is always <laughs> running in his movies there should be an ari dold running in a suit compilation because <laughs> over the course of eight seasons he is in, in full perfect sprinter form too like elbows tight like legs driving out and it's amazing they must have like uh specially tailored uh jeremy piven's suits to allow for more mobility in his legs because it's always incredible to watch ari like sprint from studio to office to studio yeah yeah it's it's good I, I, you know there are compilations out there and there's just like a huge segment of him like touching his face and like rubbing his nose and it's like when you watch the clip it's like uh you're like holy shit he does this all the time and you don't notice it when you're just watching the show but when someone does the compilation you're like i'm actually pretty sure that that's like a jeremy piven nervous tit that he's like talked about before that he's done it as an actor for years and years he he rubs underneath his chin he yeah, he's he's always kind of touching his face which I don't know. Everyone's got that type of stuff, but yeah, it's it's very uh, like trademark of him. My favorite moment is just yeah, Ari firing Peter Cole. Peter Cole in quotes because it's not Peter Cole; it's the mailroom boy. James Cameron is directing Aquaman. That's great. That that's awesome. That's awesome, huh? You didn't think to bring it up in the fucking staff meeting? An email? No, a yellow fucking sticky I something? I didn't know I was supposed to know that kind of stuff. Well, what is it you're supposed to know, do you think, huh? I don't, what the fuck do we pay you for? I, I to get your agency card laminated so you can go to shelter and try to fuck Misha Barton? I didn't, you don't know, I didn't think, I, I didn't... Let me tell you something, you, you don't have to say anything, you know why? Because you pick up all your stuff... Because you're motherfucking fired. What happened? I don't know, I was, I was dropping off Peter's mail and then Mr. Gold fired me. My life is over. So and good. all like a top five Ari Gold moment. Oh, absolutely. No, but I, I think I catch myself saying that at work quite a bit or just in general. Like, like what? Like not even a yellow fucking sticky. Um, I, I mean, let's talk a little bit about this is the episode that they find out that James Tamron is directing Aquaman. Like this is the episode last week with uh, Aquamansion. You know, Vince is on the fence about doing Aquaman. And then when he finds out James Tamron's doing it, he wants to do it. Obviously, who wouldn't want to do a James Tamron movie? But and of course, the news is delivered by none other than, you know, weasel face Josh Weinstein. So, guys, congrats on JC. That's a big score. I mean, I love Aquaman, but I didn't think they could land a whale like that. What are you talking about? JC, baby. James Cameron's directing Aquaman. What, you guys didn't know? <laughs> Ari is slacking. Every week we do a bros being bros moment. I think my favorite bros being bros moment is uh, as they're going into the furniture store, they're talking about dramas, fake calves. Hey, these things are gonna feel like fake tits. Look, I'm on the mood, Turtle. Oh, I'm just asking a question. You think girls sit around like us? Are you like a guy with real calves or fake calves? As long as you go underneath the muscle, like with tits, they have a natural feel. <laughs> so you felt a man's fake calf before? Hell. <laughs>
I, you know what's funny is I, I was just watching the episode and I, I don't remember Turtle saying that or that little thing happening where he talks about girls standing around and, uh, and asking, you know, oh, do you like guys with, you know, fake calves or real calves? Um, so that one was, that, that was like a nice, a nice, uh, a nice surprise going back through the episode for sure. Yeah, we always talked about bros being bros moments and there's so many in the show that just kind of highlight how close these guys are where they're just constantly busting each other's balls, constantly like going at each other, calling each other names, making fun of things that they said. So that would be my bro being bros being bros moment from this episode. Did you have any other ones? Um, you know, I interpreted it a little differently uh, for this one. I, I was just thinking to me it was um it was it was just just the typical doing a little cheers when you're buzzed. Uh, so at the end when they finally figure out they have it before the the bouncer the the host or whatever get tells them to take Leo's spot because he's out talking to James Cameron about some fish movie. Um, yeah, the, the <laughs> cheers the cheers you know with Vinny talking about how he you know. I want to say something. Everybody grab a glass. See this guy right here. See that guy right there. Nobody believed in them. I did, and it paid off. We believed in you, Vince, and that really paid off, baby. <laughs> to Sundance and beyond! Thank you. Listen, Anthony, bros being bros moments, you can interpret that however you want, because, <laughs> because that is a bros being bros moment. Vinny giving the, the toast at the end, that is such a die move. Like, I don't want to give a toast. <laughs> Everyone listen to me. Yeah. But yeah, it's nice. You know, They dip Queens Boulevard into Sundance. You know, It's, it's, it's a big moment for them, and, and, and they want to celebrate. What would you say was your least favorite moment from this episode? I'm just sick of Johnny getting his ass kicked. It's funny as it is sometimes. I, like, I just want him to deck someone and, and, and kind of walk yeah. away. And we see that in the Vegas one. But can't he just, like, you know, redeem himself? Uh, and he does. So there wasn't many uh, least favorite moments. But I would say it, it, it always sucks to see him getting his ass kicked. Especially he's getting he was actually kind of getting beat down the whole episode between Turtle making fun of him and, uh, you know, just that whole, the whole calf thing. And then when he talks about de- how he should handle the design of the house and... You know, I almost went to Parson, Shauna. What do you mean you almost went to Parson? What the fuck does that mean? Get out of here. No, yeah. I actually had that as well as my least favorite moment. Just drama betting Chris Penn for money. It just, well, it wasn't a good look. I get that he didn't want to go to his brother, but it kind of made drama. He's he's never really a cheap state in this show. Like, he always wants to, like, earn his own money, pay his own way. Like, he's going to pay Vince back. But just I just didn't like it. Didn't love Chris Penn, like... You know, giving them a hard time and them getting in the ring together. Just it felt it wasn't the best part of the episode, essentially, is what, what we're saying. Right. No, it wasn't. Come on, Chris. I painted your house for you. You stiffed me three grand. I would have forgotten about it, but I need the money right now. You begged me to paint my house, drama. And you fucked it up so bad I had to pay somebody else to redo it. And I still give you twenty five hundred. Because I'm a generous guy. Uh one other thing, this wasn't like a least favorite moment for me, but it just kind of stood out as not aligning with the rest of the show. When Eric goes to Ari's office, he walks in with a snowboard that says Queens Boulevard on it, and he goes, oh, You'll have to bring your own thermals, but I'll get you on all the hot party lists. Turtle did this. Not bad, right? Turtle has literally never made art in any other point in the show. It seems <laughs> really, really odd to me. Like, yeah. I've never seen Turtle graffitiing, drawing, sketching, doing graphic design there's no way that turtle actually designed that it's just like this weird moment that i think the creators of the show maybe dodd allen was like oh let's give turtle a weird artistic side out of the blue yeah i think i think if it was a little more realistic we probably would have saw him you know 
selling any sort of graphic or graffiti or art of any form, uh, and maybe instead of the tequila business, because uh, I was looking at that, I paused it and was looking at it and going like, there's no way that's, uh, that's like some, that's like a pretty complex uh, thing to, to, to spray paint or paint or whatever on the surfboard, so. If he was such a good graphic designer, he would have designed the logo for Avion Tequila later on in season seven. Like, there would have been, like, more of it. But, no, it just was this weird one-off moment. Again, it's only we're a season and a half into the show. They're still working out the taints, but just an odd yeah. moment. To me, it's like we can pick apart things on the show. I personally don't – I don't think I've – ever been or seen as many episodes or uh, of a series ever so it's hard to uh, compare that to a different show and go oh well it, that happens in all shows it's it's just hard for anyone to make something and keep consistency but really this is the only show i've seen nearly as much as i've seen the show like yeah we talked about this last week with actress justine harrison if you haven't listened to that episode yet it's fantastic we talked about aquamansion it was nice to get like a funny female's perspective on the show but there are a lot of continuity errors if you listen last week we talked about how the first meeting that vince has with warners he calls um alan gray he calls him john and right. through the entirety of the interview and then later he's known as alan so stuff yeah. like that i think it I think when you're producing 12 13 episodes in a in a season you just you miss little things like that i saw that and in fact i didn't realize it until someone pointed that out in the comments on on that post that i did so it was it was interesting speaking of lines from the show what was your favorite lines from this episode you know what it was the turtle line uh i was just looking, <laughs> looking at my notes it was uh hey hey these things are gonna feel like fake tits uh <laughs> <laughs> just the the do you think girls uh sit around and, and talk about whether or not they like uh guys with fake calves or real calves he's got a lot of good little one-liners not uh, in the episode they it, it got a laugh out of me a common theme we talked about almost every episode how like turtle kind of steals the show with his one-liners he, he was written very well early on he didn't have a lot to do unfortunately but i think that's where he sh shined brightest was just like little quips little one-liners i liked the very opening when shauna's walking around the house and complimenting it and she's like gives vince a kiss on the cheek and he goes to use the bathroom and she turns to the guys and she goes you guys are so fucked i bet you're gonna sink at least three mil into this place and it, it is it goes to show and i didn't realize that when i watched the show like in real time in my 20s just how much they kind of insulate Vince as a celebrity. They yeah. like panicked behind the scenes, but to his face, they're like, no, it's all good. We're all good. Money's not a problem. The house, not a problem. Like you keep doing you, Vince. Like I really didn't notice that distinction until like, now as an adult rewatching it. Yeah. I think uh, it would be interesting to hear someone's perspective that's, you know, in the industry and deals with that sort of thing. I wonder if it's just sort of a, you always kind of only report good news and and kind of protect them or shield them from the from the negative things, minor or major. So we'll have to get some sort of publicist on here to talk about just that exact thing. I think Sean is one of the better characters, especially early on. She's like the mother figure to the the boys, and, and I'd love to see how true or not true that character's yeah uh, character is. Later, the boys are talking to Terry Carlson, the interior decorator, and. Drama's talking about the kitchen and how it has a roast probe. Melees are awesome, Vince. Uh, they go from zero to 400 degrees in four seconds. And they have a roast probe, which is nice to have. Yeah. How have we lived this long without a roast probe? Look, Vince. <laughs> and then uh, Ari going nuts at therapy. I asked for one hour out of a day for his undivided attention. And I can't even have that. You can have it if you want to live in Agora fucking hills. 
and go to group therapy, but if you want a Beverly Hills mansion and you want a country club membership and you want nine weeks a year at a Tuscan villa, then I'm going to need to take a call when it comes in at noon on a motherfucking Wednesday. It's so good. And, it, you know, I, I think in later seasons we sort of see a trade uh, in maybe call it clever or just sort of, I don't know what, what the word is for the his rants earlier on, but I feel like they mm-hmm. trade that for a little more just aggressiveness. I've just posted things where it's like, oh, like the funny moments of him in later seasons are always him just sort of like coming hot at someone and just, you know, a lot of just kind of F you and this and that. And like, uh, but some of the earlier things where he goes on his rants, are they're just funny, man, because they're not really like super aggressive, but they're... Um, I don't know, they're just well thought out and, and, and you really appreciate them. Yeah, I think later in a couple's counseling session, like later on in the show, he literally puts a hole through his therapist's wall. <laughs> and, you know, he famously like, breaks his hand after he gets laid off in uh, the end of season 3A by punching like a concrete wall in the parking garage. Like, he very yeah. clearly has anger management issues. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so good. That is such a good scene. That whole, that whole episode is so classic. Do you need a vacation? Holiday believes vacation is a state of mind. So why not take a holiday whenever you want? Their premium CBD gummies are 100% THC-free and non-psychoactive, meaning they're all chill with no high. And they come in an assortment of delicious flavors such as cherry, orange, and lime. There is no need for a special occasion. You can take a holiday any day. Go to HolidayCBD.com and use code OYEAH10 for $10 off your first order. That's code OYEAH10 for $10 off your first order at HolidayCBD.com. Work hard, vacation harder. Music plays a huge part in Entourage. We have a Spotify playlist called Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah Music. It is in the bio of today's show notes, so go follow that if you haven't yet. What was your favorite song from this episode? You know, probably the T.I. song. These songs were all good, and they're, they're very, very fitting for the show. Bring them out. It's when they were pulling up to the Brando house. Again, last week they had This Is How We Do by The Dame as they pulled up to Brando's house, and it very much was supposed to signal, like, this is where the boys are going to spend a quite a large amount of time coming up. So I liked yeah. it. Yeah, the house is, this house is super iconic, and Marlon Brando, no better way to roll. There's a, a Jay-Z song that plays in the club scene at the end called I'll Be. It's with Foxy Brown and Jay-Z. I like that one as well. I haven't heard it in a long time. And uh, it was it didn't age too well. Like, like Pawn the Replay by Rihanna was also playing at the club, and that felt really, really dated. Like It took me back to being a 16-year-old, 17-year-old, however old I was. But I'll Be by Foxy Brown and Jay-Z was another good one. Yeah, I like the Foxy Brown one. Um, you said, yeah, that one, that one was in the club as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. it was yeah, later that... on when they find out the uh, Leo DiCaprio news. Right, right. Damn you, Leo. You know, leave some for the rest of us. Yeah, I. Let's talk about that a little bit. Like this is this was like one of the first episodes where it like ends on a big cliffhanger. Yo, Eric. You guys want to move on down? It seems a little crowded. Can take over Leo's table. Why he's not coming in? No, no. Leo went to Paris to talk to James Cameron about some fish movie. And. The show becomes guilty of this a few times over, where there's a cliffhanger, but it's not a cliffhanger. Like, I, spoiler alert, but like next week, I think in the first five minutes, Ari says to Eric and Vince, like, good news, Leo's booked until 2019 or something like that. Like, <laughs> And it's like, well, then why did we have that whole cliffhanger? I get that you just want people to come back the next week, but it became kind of a crutch for them later on in the show. What, what do you think about that? Yeah, um, so... 
just to be candid here, I, when I I think when I saw this, I was just watching them in, on a DVD box set, so it's hard to to really emphasize the moment of having to wait a whole week after experiencing this Leo debacle, but um, <laughs> it can be a bit of a crutch, and I don't think you need to end an episode with cliffhangers all the time. I think it I think it can be just especially on that that kind of like you know not having to fix that that cliffhanger over a couple of episodes and just sort of just the way you said like oh good news leo's book like it seems like a big cliffhanger for just a quick fix i mean i feel like if you're gonna if you're gonna put a cliffhanger in there like let's let's make it something uh meaty you know let's and then like let's 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 figure it out over the next couple episodes or something otherwise it, it feels yeah it does feel a little i'm picturing like a group of guys our age who watched the show in real time back in 2005, walking around their offices being like, I can't believe Leo might do Aquaman. What's Vinny going to do? I can't <laughs> wait to see what happens on Sunday. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then little do they know that Jake Gyllenhaal is doing the next one. Poor bastards. Really only one celebrity cameo this week. Unlike last week at Aquamansion when there's literally almost 12 different celebrities that appear, this just had Chris Penn. Kind of an odd one. It's kind of along the lines of like a Gary Busey where you're like, oh, yeah, this made sense that drama would know Chris Penn because Chris Penn's like been in Hollywood for a long time because of his brother. Drama's a famous brother. They've probably run in the same circles, but it wasn't like one of those celebrity cameos that you were like blown away by or that you enjoyed. I kind of could have, I could have taken or left Chris Penn's cameo. What about you? Yeah, I, I, I feel the same way. I, when I, when I saw that, I, I Googled him and if he actually died the, yep. like six months later, six months later. Oh, wow. I should have done my research. I usually do a good job of this. And uh, <laughs> <now> I... <laughs> well, so the show the show was aired um, in uh, mid mid two thousand five, right? G- uh, June. Um, oh yeah, and I'm looking at it now. And he died in wow. January twenty fourth, two thousand six. So Jesus, six yeah. six and a half months later. Yeah, kind of crazy. A um, little ironic that he's in the gym trying to lose weight, and I was looking at it, and the autopsy was that it was something about his heart or heart disease or something. So. Um, yeah, it looks like he was taking some painkillers and then with his obesity and heart disease, that that's what did it. He was 40 years old. That's super sad. I knew he passed. I didn't realize it was right on the heels of this cameo, though. Yeah, he uh, he was in True Romance. Uh, great movie. That's right. Big favorite. That's probably his, that's probably his most famous role was his role in True, True Romance. Yeah, that was a good one. Um, I You know, not to get sidetracked, but I, I recently found out that Quentin Tarantino wrote that movie. Yeah, uh, and yep. then sold it to Tony Scott or gave it to Tony Scott. A cult classic. If anyone hasn't seen True Romance, definitely get it. I have it on Blu-ray. It's a good light. I pop it in once a year, and it's another like who's who, like faces in the crowd movie where you've got Christopher Walken, Brad Pitt, Michael Rappaport, Chris Penn, Christian Slater, on and on and on and on. Just these big time. Hollywood stars just kind of passing Oldman. in and out of this. Gary Oldman, yeah, he plays the, him. <laughs> I snuck it in there just like they snuck him in there in that movie, man. Yeah. He's it, but he his role is so good. He's he's a damn chameleon, man. See if I ask if you want some dinner, and you grab the egg roll and start to try down. I said to myself, this motherfucker, he's carrying on like he ain't got a care in the world, and who knows? Maybe he don't. Maybe this fool's such a bad motherfucker. He don't got to worry about nothing. He just sit down, watch my motherfucking TV. See? <laughs> you ain't even sat down yet. What would you say was kind of an outdated reference that was made during this episode? It was the uh, the Jen and Brad Pitt thing. 
Yeah. That feels so. That feels so long ago, man. I. I, I know. I, I feel like the, even just the Angelina Jolie sort of thing. It feels like a like an old topic, but yeah, Jen and Brad Pitt, huh? Brad and Jen's master bath, heartbreaking. Although I heard they might be getting back together. Hey, Carol, you have any uh, pictures of Jen in the tub? How about I tell Brad Pitt that you said that to her and he'll kick your fucking ass? Please. I don't think you get where we come from, okay, Shauna? I will slap Brad Pitt in his face. Definitely. And then I think the the even bigger one is... You know the station agent, Eric? Yeah. Monster fucking hit at Sundance. Did you see it? It's about the midget who lives by the train tracks. The last time I saw him, he was in a FedEx commercial. They were overnighting him to London. His name is Peter Dinklage, Ari. He's doing a movie with Vin Diesel right now. Really? Which one is it? Twins Park Do? Peter Dinklage. We're recording this a week ahead of the Game of Thrones premiere, but Peter Dinklage is the biggest TV star in the world right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. And Peter Dinklage mates a Tamio in a few episodes. He does, yeah. They're at Sundance. Yeah, he's uh, he's on top right now for sure. We would never get Peter Dinklage on this podcast, but I would just love to hear. He's like such a thespian. When you read interviews with him, he's just very dedicated to his craft. He's very, uh, very serious, very you know, uh, somber dude. I would love to hear about his experience on Entourage. <laughs> yeah, it just probably drove in, what hung out in the bars, had that interaction with Ari, and just left. <laughs> Half a day at the most. What the show aired 15 years ago. This episode aired 14 years ago. So the outfits certainly don't age well. What was the worst outfit that you saw? He's he's outfit. He's wearing like a light purple and a light and a darker <laughs> purple. It was just what like who. <laughs> Maybe that wasn't super intentional, and, and it's representative of Eric's character just kind of not really giving a shit, but it yeah. <laughs> was pretty terrible. E's outfits early on are, are very plain. They're very... He wears a lot of olive. He wears a lot of, like, cargo and a lot of tacky and stuff like that. So, like, yeah. not too crazy with, like, you know, the purple is probably the craziest he's ever gotten. Wherein Ari, who was my nomination, wears these really loud colors, so he has this like black suit. He's got a red dress shirt and a bright red tie on for like the first half of this episode. And I think it's supposed to align with his loud personality, but it makes him look like a dollar store pimp. <laughs> yeah, I saw that and was like, you know what? I probably thought that outfit was super, super awesome when I first saw this. So <laughs> I'm just going to go with the like that the typical uh, Eric Murphy 14-year-old TJ Maxx special. <laughs> I used to work with some guys who used to call those types of shirts that Ari wore balloon wear because it looks like the color of a balloon. Yeah, so such a contrast, Ari to E. And then later in the show, like, you know, when seasons like four, five, and six, once E is like a full-time manager and Ari's like the head of the, the his agency, they're wearing like power suits yeah, and like cool up. ones too that, that don't age. So... How would you say this episode would be different if it aired today? <laughs> I was just looking at my the thing I wrote for this, and it was just that Vince wouldn't have said retarded. Yo, Johnny! Yo! I think it's retarded, but if you want to do your legs, you got it. What are you doing to your legs? Nothing. Thanks, bro, but uh, can we talk about that later? <laughs> um, yeah, that just wouldn't fly now. There's a lot of stuff that won't fly nowadays. Um, and I think that's one of them. I don't think people would write that in there. The word retarded was just a normal parlance back in 2005. So like, I'm not even going to try to defend it or explain it. Um, I think simply like, here, let me get my like home decorator over here. And she did see what I just, I felt like a very outdated way to do things. Like, I think 
you'd order everything online or like there'd be some sort of like uh fire up an app and go i like the way this place looks and then they pay their publicist or their person or their gopher mm -hmm. to go get all of that furniture and bring it in because especially a young male movie star males don't care that much about their surroundings as long as it's comfortable as long as there's a big tv as long as the mini bar stopped they're good to go and i don't remember what the connection was but it was he met with her she showed him some stuff and then they went to the store without her apparently she gets a discount apparently yeah. she gets a discount at all these stores so and her retainer is a hundred thousand dollars yeah <laughs> i'll decorate myself and I'll save $100,000, and I'll spend $100,000 <laughs> on the decorating. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess that's... Uh, what was the check for Aquaman? Uh, well, he hasn't gotten it yet, but the you know he's supposed to get $5 million for the first episode. Uh, first, uh, first movie. I feel like they would be burning through that pretty quickly at the rate. I don't remember what the Marlon Brando house cost, but... Um... 4.5. So they're a little bit in the red right now, <laughs> <laughs> especially considering they haven't gotten the check. <laughs> Yeah. It is interesting how fast and loose they are with money because, I mean, Vince goes through money problems often on the show, but they truly don't give a fuck about money. I think that's why everyone looked up to it. It's like, oh, if I was a movie star, I wouldn't care about money either. But like, no, money's a thing. Credit card debt's a thing. Yeah, there, there's a good, um, someone breaks down everything, like everything they've, all the, all the movies and all the sort of, I guess, expenses, at least, you know, uh -huh. the known ones, the houses, the cars and stuff. Uh, and then sort of matches it up against the the income from all these movies. And it's just, I, I think, I, it's been a long time since I've seen it, but I think it was just wildly disproportionate to what they would have been able to afford. <laughs> yeah, next season they go to the Rolls-Royce dealership and oh, Vince yeah. is like, yeah, I feel bad. I, t I gave away your car. Here, we'll take this one and we'll take three more. <laughs> it's like, that was just a million dollars you spent on cars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah and uh, yeah and the the Aston Martins that, that couldn't have been cheap I think those are yep. at least 180 or something like that DB9 yep. oh. yeah that's crazy it's crazy money's not a thing in the Entourage universe um, really quick I want to give a faces in the crowd award um, drama goes and sees his doctor his plastic surgeon Doctor Green so tell me Mr Chase why are you interested in calf augmentation. Well, Doc, I've always felt top-heavy. Dr. Dream informs him of the price of the surgery, and there's a really funny exchange that we'll get to in a few minutes. But I just wanted to talk about the actor, um, Harry Van Gorkum. He's kind of one of those guys that you've seen around in TV and movies for, like, 20 years. He's huh. from London. He's classically trained. He like, won a bunch of awards for stage productions in England. But then he was, like, guest spots on Seinfeld, Friends, Just Shoot Me, CSI... And he was in, in The Nanny. He was uh, Fran Drescher's uh, love interest in The Nanny for a long time. And his career peaked in early 2000s when he was in Batman and Robin, Gone in 60 Seconds, and It's Stape Under Pressure. Wow. Good for him. Still you working just... and just... <laughs> yeah, you just wouldn't think that. You, I mean, he when you watch it now and you, you've heard everything, you know, his, his credentials, you'd think like, yeah, he actually, you know, he did a great job even though it was a small role but so let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about that i mean we always talk about our favorite johnny drama moments in every episode and, and mine's gotta be his whole in exchange with dr green yeah yes i so sort of agree i'm i was just i love the the waiting room scene dr green yep he's good the best johnny chase i'm just getting my girlfriend something as a gift. Oh, you have a girlfriend. Yeah. That's too bad. <laughs> it's just like so typical. I like, can't get a break. So, um, yeah, that was a, 
that's just a great scene. I think that's probably my favorite. He says a couple things leading up to the surgery when uh, Sean is making fun of him at the pool, and he goes, you, know, you should go easy on me, Sean. Going in for surgery. Surgery? Are you okay? It's elective. I'd rather not talk about it. He's having his botched adult circumcision corrected. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, if we're going to talk about the, the, the people who won the episode, but I think that the explanation behind that goes to Turtle, and that was one of the lines <laughs> that I, I attributed to him being the winner of the episode for sure. And then um, back to uh, the Dr. Green exchange. He talks about his dad. Yeah, well, I was a double victim. We used to say about pops, no child support, no calves. So, <laughs> what? <laughs> what does that even mean? The uh, so <laughs> so dad walked out on them, and as he walked away, they noticed that his calves were very skinny. <laughs> you know, I've got great thighs, uh, very aesthetic knees. And I feel pretty good about my ankles. It's just, it's just my calves I can't live with. He can't live with his calves, is what he says to the doctor. And you know, he, uh, God, what did I, I? I forget where where I saw this, but it was, um, it was like Mark Wahlberg and some of the cast. And he was saying like, he's like, I actually got really great calves. Um, you can probably find it somewhere on YouTube, but, and yeah. then he like, sh- you know, they zoom in and like, sure enough, he's got like some, he's got some big calves, man. So there's like a three to four episode arc about Johnny drama's calves. And then it's never brought up again in the history of the show. <laughs> I wonder if he got him. Did he not get him? He didn't get him, did he? He never got him. I wonder if he just became okay with it. I mean, he, be- he gets on five towns, like pretty shortly after this so maybe the fact that he's working makes him not think about his appearance anymore i just wonder where that came from it would be interesting to hear we have i've been trying to get rob weiss the guy who wrote a lot of these famous episodes in season two on the pod and hopefully we can get him soon so if anyone knows rob weiss or wants to message him on instagram or twitter do it on our behalf please (laughs) we're coming to the end here what you mentioned it earlier but who would you say besides vince won this episode yeah, so it's I, I I think it's I think it's Turtle. I mean, he's got the uh, he he's just crushing it in the episode. I mean, he's got the the fake tits reference and the and the calves and how you know do they do they feel this way or that way? And then he does I think he unintentionally does a little dig at Vince when he's talking about oh you know Brad Pitt was ripped in Troy and it was like oh that was all CGI. They're gonna make Vince look ripped in in, in Aquaman or whatever. And then botched circumcision uh, line. And then I, I'm pretty sure there's many more, but but yeah, he he just he was uh. He was laying it down, man. He's like the, he comes in, he comes off the bench and he's like hot. He like hits, you know, <laughs> hits a bunch of shots and then goes back to the bench. Like the turtle's very effective in the minutes that he's given in these early episodes. Yeah, he is. I wouldn't give it to Ari, even though Ari has like two iconic rants in this episode. I'm actually going to give it to Billy Walsh, who doesn't have much to do in this episode, but his movie gets into Sundance. Like the movie that no one believed in, the movie that... He wrote himself, cast Vinny in, like he's clearly the wonder kid when it comes to Sundance. So I'll give it to Billy Walsh. She won this episode. Yeah, right. Yeah, definitely. And he doesn't say much in the episode. Um, no. Which is kind of uh, unlike him, but yeah. Was this an A-list episode, a B-list episode, or a D-list episode, Anthony? I think overtly and sort of uh, discreetly it was A-list. I mean... Wow. You know, there's all these big moments, right, that are obvious with the pivotal James Cameron thing and them getting this Marlon Brando house and, and and all this and then and then subtly this is the movie that sets him up for sort of everything I think right I mean yeah. you could argue that it was Queens Boulevard but uh, you know things clearly are, are on the up after this episode and I think it's the last time they really have like a big moment where they're not already sort of 
crushing it other than, you know, way later on in the season when they, when he hits a slump and then gets this Scorsese movie and all that. But, um, but yeah, I think it was, uh, I think this is the first big celebration, um, that they have. So yeah, I would, I would say both. I'm going to respectfully disagree. And I'm going to give it a B list only because <laughs> this comes on the heels of My Maserati Does 185 and Aquamansion, oh, yeah. two episodes that are, in my mind, top 10 entourage episodes. So I can't rightfully throw this in the, at the same level as them. I totally agree. There are some moments, you know, the Aquaman, James Tamron thing comes to fruition and makes it real and sets Vince up kind of for the rest of his career, as you've mentioned. But I can't get behind the Chris Penn uh, cameo, and I can't get behind the like cliffhanger ending, which essentially is nothing. You know, some promoter named Chucky tells them like, "Oh, Leo's doing a fish movie," and they get all like worried. It's like if that actually happened in real life, they'd go, "Yeah, sure, whatever, Chucky." Like we know the real deal. We talked to Dana Gordon at the network. <laughs> fuck, fuck you, Chucky. Yeah, that was yeah, I, when, you, you, when, you, when you say <laughs> when you say like that, it's uh. Yeah, I mean, it's like, I'm sure that kind of stuff happens uh, quite a bit. Last question, and I wasn't able to ask you this question as we didn't have this category um, last season. Um, but the Chad Rose Deep guys came on in episode two and asked me who I would be in my entourage if I had to be a character from the show. And, and I said pretty confidently that I'd be E. Anthony, in your life's entourage, whatever it may be, who from the show are you closest to? For sure, Gary Busey. <laughs> <laughs> I was just no. drinking a bunch of water and spit it out all over the place. <laughs> no, I, you just no. like you've got like traumatic brain damage, and you just kind of <laughs> say and do whatever you want. I I stared at this question for quite a bit, and I was just thinking like, just when I start leaning one way, I go, well, you know, I say a lot of dumb shit like or like outlandish stuff like uh, like Johnny drama, you know, things that people go like, what, like really, or. Um, <laughs> You know, with with Vince, maybe a little less Vince, but um, I mean, there's still there's like there's something I think in most of them that everyone has. But if I had to say most, it would it would probably be more so E as well, just because I think he's always just pretty level headed about it. Other characters will focus on riding the highs, whereas I'm yeah I'm, I'm a little more realistic. So if we were experiencing these highs, I'd definitely have fun with it. But you know, part of me is always going, okay, like how do we, you know, make sure that this is this is going to be something long-term and, and sustainable and, uh, you know, we got to keep working. Great. This is awesome. Or, um, but I also think, you know, in the beginning, especially you get hit with some negative news. It, it's definitely going to affect you. Um, yeah. so yeah, I, I'd say before I put a lot of thought into it, I probably would not like to be least like him, but, um, <laughs> no, I think it's a real realistic answer. And he's got, and if it wasn't for him, there a lot of things probably would have fell apart. So, no, I agree with you. And some people kind of unnecessarily shit on him because he's different than the guys, but it's because he's the level-headed one. I mean, he's the one who tells Vince, like, no, we can't buy two $11,000 shark. We don't have a couch. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you can't have three or four turtles or three or four Johnny dramas or, or yep. definitely not three or four Vinces walking around. So, Well, thank you for joining once again. It's always a pleasure to have you on. Uh, if you again, if you guys don't follow Anthony's Instagram account, it's Entourage Quotes. It's fantastic. It's blowing up. A um, lot of interaction with the tasks, a lot of interaction in the comments. So go follow that now if you haven't. Anthony, are you going to continue to watch season two, or are you going to take a little break from it? <laughs> I think I already started watching the next episode. Um, yeah, <laughs> and I would say that you know if you if you follow the page, continue to uh, you know blast your friends in the comments because. Um, that's always super entertaining and I'll always <laughs> chime in. If I see it, I'll always chime in or, 
or like it or whatever. And, and I think, I mean, if it's funny, I think everyone should see it, but um, it definitely keeps, keeps me going. So that's my recommendation for sure on that one. Well, thanks for joining guys. We'll be back next week with neighbors, the iconic episode where Bob Saget moves next door to the boys. You know what? Real one quick thing. Did you notice she was in this episode? Oh, that's right. Yeah. That was what I had for the new character award. <clears throat> she she oh, doesn't man. say anything. She's just there. She's at the party at the end. Yeah. There are a few times like that where the continuity actually works. In season one, they have like the yoga instructor show up and like talk to the guys at the end of an episode. And the next episode, Vince is dating the yoga instructor. Like, that's great. I, I, I completely missed that. Good eyes, Anthony. Good eyes. <laughs> She's smoking hot, so it's hard to miss. She's beautiful. <laughs> but yeah. But Can't yeah. wait to talk about that episode. We have an awesome desk plan for next week. So looking forward to that. Have a great rest of your week, everyone, and talk to you soon. Sweet. See you guys.